Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. And now here is your host, Vit Muller. Hello, everybody. Vit he again from Success Inspired Podcast. My guest today is a husband and wife who have been traveling the world full time for six years along with their two children. What originally began as a way to create the deeper bond as a family grew into a philosophy and way of life, all of which they share on their YouTube channel. Today, I've had a pleasure to interview this couple and ask them about the lessons they've learned as a full-time travelers, why they're so passionate about sharing the unique and lesser-known parts of the world with others, and their adventures on the ocean. Please welcome to the show, Will and Jessica of World Towning. Hello, good morning for us, good afternoon for you. Or yes, maybe good, good evening. afternoon for me, good morning for you guys. Great <laughs> to have you, you on the show. Oh, thank you for being on the show. I've been really looking forward to it. You know, I've done a, I've done an interview with Erin. I know Erin does PR for you guys. It's been amazing to have her on the show and share her experiences sailing with, with her family. And, and you know, there's never enough of these stories. And you know, for me, I, I, you know, I, I love the topic of travel. I mean, this podcast is all about success and personal development and business. But even if we're running a business and we're successful, we also have to have some downtime, right? But for you, it might be different. So we'll find out. We'll talk about it today and see if it's still more of a relaxation for you or, or it's a bit of a both. We'll find out. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Where are, you guys, where are you guys based at the moment? Where are, you, where are you docked? We are currently in southern France. So we're near Montpellier, which is closer to the Spanish border as opposed to the Italian border. But it is the only part of like the south of France where it's cold. <laughs> we're lucky like that it's it's the middle of winter and it's like freezing outside but we're still we're still living the dream of sort of being on a boat it's covid so we're on a pause but you know what it's it you know we could be in worse places for sure oh absolutely absolutely and this is a new thing for you guys you haven't been sailing prior to covid is that right yeah that's right i mean i guess we, we i don't really want to count our 10 days of a, of a beginner sailing course or five days here to yeah. officially say that we're, we're, we bet we're sailors. No, we just bought the boat a couple of months ago. COVID's got us in lockdown and we've only left the dock to have a repair done. So we're mm. brand new sailors. What led to that? You just, because of the COVID, it, it's like, been, it didn't feel it's like been traveling. a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> it, we basically, we realized that there was, you know, we've always had travel in our blood. And, and we've always sort of known that we wanted to be traveling the world. And we've always questioned because, we, you know, we're very spontaneous, but yet we're very planned in our approach for the most part. And we, we, we started off when we left the United States, you know, doing living in countries for, for a year at a time. And then we eventually did a caravan or an RV for, for several years. And we always knew in the back of our mind that the boat was our quote unquote end game. And we didn't really have... The hang the on a minute. Hang, our, hang on a minute. But yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot to go through in that. There's a space <laughs> trouble coming up. <laughs> well, it's funny because we did have a friend say, "What's next? Are you going to go live on an airplane?" And our son wants to be a pilot. So I'm like, I don't know. I no one's no one's done. I mean, space travel, yes, but no one's right. Kind of lived on the air on an airplane as a family, right? So you yeah. never know. That actually might. 
that might be in the future down the line, right? Elon Musk is calling us. He's yeah, he's, we're in talks with him, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible the pace of what's, what's the way it's going. I think just a couple of days ago, he, he, he hit another rocket that had 70 satellites for his internet thing. So, I mean, the way they're going, the way it's, it's going, I think we're going to be there soon. I mean, a couple of couple of years, maybe there might be, a, you know, 10 years, 20 years, there might be a first opportunity for, for somebody right? to go and check out the moon. I don't know. We're going to volunteer. Next, we will, uh, <laughs> Let's get it on the record right now. Will and I and the kids want to volunteer. I don't know if the kids well, maybe at that point. They, have their they own may have their own family by then. Right? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> there may be an we'll be the cap. grandparents taking our kids on a, on a satellite right? trip. There may be an age cap on that too. I hope we come under, under the radar there. So, you know, Will and I had, like you said, was our end game was always yeah. to go sailing. But it wasn't. I was the most hesitant about it because I knew once Will got on a sailboat, being a former accountant, there was no way he was going to say, let's pull this baby on the hard and go backpacking around Asia for six months. He would be like, well, it's not really good for our bottom line and monthly expenses. You're making so, me sound like an old person. I, <laughs> I'm, I make you sound like, as we say, responsibly spontaneous, spontaneity, responsible yes. spontaneity. Okay. So we had this idea that after we sold our RV, we would go to Europe, um, go to Asia and we would spend a month in 12 different countries in Asia and then we would buy the boat. And that was kind of the compromise. Like I wanted the kids to get some Asia under their belt because they hadn't spent a lot of time in Asia. And I, we all kind of felt like that was a good compromise. And then we'd take a little small land trips maybe when the boat was getting repaired or something like that. But we got to Asia, COVID hit, we only landed in Japan and we were there for five months. And this Asian adventure in Japan was wonderful and it was it had COVID pretty well under control. We were quite happy there, but our Asian adventure was not to spend five or six months in two, two countries. It was to see more of Asia. Mm-hmm. So at that point, one of our kids said, what are we going to do? You know, our visas are running out in Japan. And I said, I don't know. What do you think? And our eldest said, well, we need a project. If we're going to sit around or whatever through this COVID thing and wait it out, we can't just sit in an apartment. We'll kill each other. Like we've been traveling for six years. So then our big plan was, we'll just go back to France where we have French visas and we'll buy a ruin or a rundown home and we'll teach the kids how to remodel a home because Will and I have done that previous years to travel. But then long story short, because I know we want to get to the good stuff and this is kind of just, you know, this is just the little setting the, the, you know, the groundwork here. But we got here, a, a boat came in France where we currently are, a boat came across my Facebook feed. I looked at it. We don't know a ton about boats, but I knew enough from the limited research we had done that this was a good deal. Now, we could have gotten here and it could have been sinking in the harbor and gone, okay. But I knew it was a good deal. I, we spoke with some other people. They said, that's a good deal. If you don't buy it, I'll buy it. I'll sail it to the US and I'll sail it for 20, 30,000 more than you paid for it. So we looked at it. Survey was fabulous. Basically, we bought the first boat we saw, had it surveyed, sea trialed, and here we are right now on the boats. You make it sound like it was like that easy. I mean, we're... Oh boy, it was not that easy. <laughs> you, you make it sound like it's super easy. We well, were, I don't we want were, to depress people. We were, we were, no, one's, no one's depressed. But <laughs> well, nothing's we were, easy, we right? Were, right? When we got back from, from Japan, we were we decided to make our base for the first month, like in the north of France, because that's where we were looking to buy a house. And all the all the boats were down in the south of France. And, you know, France is, it's, it's not... It's not massive, but it's not tiny. So every single visit to go see a boat was like a 10-hour drive 
from where we were staying down below. And so like seven speeding tickets later, we finally got ourselves into the position where we, we found sort of this, this boat. And it was... Right, because we had to make several trips down here. We had to view it. And then we thought, well, this isn't very responsible just seeing one boat. Maybe we need to see another boat. So we saw a second boat. We went then, down to Spain. Then we went down to Spain to see the boat, then back up to northern, northern France. And then we came down for the sea trial and then we went back. So you're right. It does. I mean, it sounds so much more glamorous <laughs> it was, than it was. Like the we made a whole us. video about it. It, it, it was... It was like half an hour, if you can imagine, YouTube time. Yeah. yeah. Four of us packed in a car, you know, like trudging down there, kids in the back of the car with their computers saying, I have a class, the Wi-Fi is not working, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't as glamorous as it sounds, but right, nothing ever is. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, what was it, what was that, what, your uh, irresp- irresponsible, resp- no, sorry. <laughs> exactly. I could, it's a new thing we've just started saying, and now it's a tongue twister for me. I guess in, in, it's, I'm like, what context are we saying it? Um, responsibly irresponsible. No, 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 That's no, right. no. Re- no. That was different. Respons- responsible spontaneity. That's right. Yeah. So when it comes to buying a boat, you might feel spontaneous and buy that first one, but there's also, you know, there's some responsibility there, right? You got to buy the right one, so you got to ship around. So just quickly, I don't want to go into too much, but somebody listening right now and they're like, this is enough. They've 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 heard enough, and they're like, all right, I'm going. I'm buying a boat. What were some of the criteria for you guys when you were looking at buying a boat? Well, it needed to have enough enough cabins for everyone to have their own room. Quite Obviously, Will and I, think, I right? Will and I would share a room, right? And because the last couple of years we've been we lived in an RV where we were basically all in one room, we spent time in a lot of Airbnbs. And to stay within our budget, sometimes those Airbnbs are studio apartments. Or in Japan, we were in a surf hostel in one room together, sharing a, a restroom with two or three other people. So we knew at this point, with a thirteen-year-old and a sixteen-year-old. Um, and them needing more space that we all needed our own cabin. Mm. Uh, that was one thing. It needed to be within our budget. And it needed to be a catamaran because seasickness is a, uh, yeah, it's a prolonging issue within our family. So a monohull was, was kind of out of the question unless it was like a 70-foot boat that would not rock anywhere and that was not within our budget. Plus, no one wants to sail a 70-foot boat for only two people. Yeah. So. We would have loved to have had a fixer because we've done that with houses and I, we thought that would be a really fun project. But we also wanted to be able to sail. And we have a 16-year-old and we wanted her to have that experience before she went off to college. And if we had gotten a fixer, which would have been really fun, and maybe we'll do that at some point in our life, she wouldn't have been sailing with us because it would have taken us a while to fix it because they do homeschool and we both work. So it's not like we could dedicate all of our time to fixing the boat for like six months and then take off sailing. And we also need to Uh. learn to sail. So our, our criteria was not... I don't, I don't know. I guess we don't know enough about in boats to know what other people's criteria are, but we needed to stay within our budget. We needed enough space for everyone, but we didn't need like a McMansion catamaran. We didn't, if it only had one head or one bathroom, that would have been fine. We got lucky. We have two, but we were so used to living in small spaces. The size of the, of the boat was not that big of a deal, but like Will said, combating seasickness is, is a big deal and staying within our budget. Mm-hmm. So this, this boat this boat really was like something that dropped into our lap because during COVID times, you can't just, when you look at a boat, you, you often have to, if you find the boat you want, you have to fly to it, you know, and you have to do the, the sea trial and, and the survey and all that. And during COVID, that's not an option. You can't just, you know, we've seen some great boats since that are in Thailand, but we can't get into Thailand. So this kind of all the planets aligned that this was only, even though Will said, you know, it was kind of like uh, a slug to drive to the south of France three times to see the boat. I like time in the car with you. 
Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> we get to listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> podcasts. It was fun. <laughs> Excuse me. So it was, everything just kind of aligned with this boat. And now that we've been on it for three months, there's, it really still fits. I mean, we're stuck in the, on the dock because we're in lockdown in France, but even though we haven't sailed the home itself as the boat as a home really works for our family, the space works well. Okay. That's an interesting one. So the lockdown applies even to boats and sailing. Is that right? 100%. Well, it, it depends. I think it depends on in France. It does. And the type of lockdown that they have, we have a lockdown. It was just increased, but our lockdown is we can only go one kilometer for the first month. We can only go one kilometer from home for exercise outside, and the marinas the marinas close down any sporting activity. Right. I don't so know if it's as, like that as in far every as, country. As far as sailing is concerned, for vessels, you ah, uh, so that's enter. considered as a sporting activity if you're sailing for yeah. for leisure. But if right. you're sailing so, because it's your because that's your uh, uh, mode of travel as a and mode of living. If you are, I, I think the rules that, that go on here, because right now, you know, before the lockdown, you'd see boats coming in and out of the harbor, you know, 24 hours a day. Yeah. And and now with lockdown, first of all, you know, pe- these are leisure vessels, right? So there's very few liveaboards. So people are not coming down from their homes because there's, there's, there's restrictions. But in addition to that, to the people that actually do live here or that sort of may have a house within walking distance of here, they cannot take their vessel in and out if it's not for professional use, meaning like they are service people so forth and so on. So right now, the only people who can actually sail in and out are someone with a authorized reason that is sort of justifiable to the local police department. So, you know, right, no one is sailing at, and if at, we, at the end of the day. If we mm-hmm. go out, we're not allowed back in. Yeah, right. So, and you so do kind to, of- Off to Morocco. Yeah. I mean, you do want to get somewhere. You can't just be on an open order, right? You need to restock your supplies well, and things like that every now and then, right? <laughs> We're, so we're, we're actually in a marina, and basically what happened with us is we, we knew another round of COVID was going to come, and we were pretty certain that how France would handle it is that they would lock, it, lock down again. And they didn't lock down as severe as they did last time, but they are locked down. So we were kind of at a rush once we found that we saw this boat and knew we wanted it to get it and then to get sailing lessons because mm. we cannot leave the dock and be covered by ins- our insurance unless we have a certain level of sailing certification. Right. So we had that scheduled for the end of October and 48 hours before we were supposed to take off for nine days with an instructor, France went into lockdown. So right. there goes our, our instruction. So right now, as we speak to you, we're sitting at the dock and we can't leave. Our instructor will not be able to teach us until the lockdown is lifted. However, we got good news two days ago that we have a date, we have a date that the president here has, has set a timeline. And if everyone still continues to do well like they are and respect the rules, that we will be able to sail. We have it on the calendar with our instructor for January 2nd or 3rd. I don't remember which day. So at that point, we'll get off the dock. We'll go for a nine-day certification. And then we're free to roam. So it's nice. pretty exciting. Okay, that is exciting. So where next? So let's say fast forward. Now you can sail. Where would you want to go next? Did you say Morocco? No, no, no. I'm just saying if we got we've got locked out of the marina, the only place we could go is like probably Morocco. But mm. no. We do love Morocco and we will sail there at some point, but we're not after a nine day course, we're not qualified to to sail as far as Morocco. At okay. least I don't want to sail that far yet. But our intentions are to for this summer to be around the Greek Isles because 
why not? They're close by. We can do that. And and we, we don't like to be cold. And and then after that, come come next um, November, December, make our, our first passage across the Atlantic and go to the Caribbean. And that'll be a premiere for you guys. That would be that would be a, yeah, that yeah. we're super excited about that. Yeah. I mean, we take some crew with us because still we would only have under a year experience. So we'd want to take a couple of experienced people with us. Yeah. But the, the ultimate goal is to circumnavigate, but at a very slow pace. We have, we have no rush of, hey, we only have a year to do this. We only have two years to do this. We're traveling for us as a lifestyle choice. It's not a one or two year sabbatical where, where we're on a vacation. We're working and schooling at the same time. So we don't always get to go at the same pace that someone who maybe is taking a one year off to travel the world or one year off to circumnavigate mm-hmm. can go. We kind of have to go a little bit slower. And we're okay so, with that. So you don't have an end date. You, you, this, this thing could go on for many years as long as you enjoy it, right? The plan is as long as we enjoy it, as long as our kids enjoy it, and as long as we can financially sustain it. Now, how are kids handling all this? So you guys been doing six years or five years, say, prior to this, traveling through an RV. You said one of them is 16 now. Obviously, some pros and cons, right? A regular kid would have regular friends, regular schools. So how, how are they coping with this? Well, we wouldn't be doing this still if they didn't like it. They're both pretty opinionated and teenagers will exert their will, you know, and you, you, it'll be miserable. If they don't like it, there's no mm. point in doing it because life is going to be miserable, right? Yeah. They, they've been doing this for so long that it is a lifestyle choice for them, but they also do remember their other life. They did have a traditional life in a school with activities and friends face-to-face. So they're friends now. A lot of them are during COVID. It's really tough. Okay. We're all really struggling from a social standpoint. But as travelers and traveling for so long, we have friends all over the world that we meet up with when we're in those areas. And then they communicate with their friends online, through Zoom, through FaceTime, kind of all that stuff. We have a conversation, I would say, about once a month. How's everyone doing? Is there something you don't like about the lifestyle? Do we need a break? Do you want to take a summer and go back to the US? You know, do you, do you need anything? And they never do. They, they love this lifestyle. And even, even when COVID hit, and you know we're pretty honest with them, and COVID affected our income dramatically, they said, oh my gosh, do we have to go back to the US? Mm. Not, not that they hate the US, but they love our lifestyle. And so we said, we'll tighten our belt. We'll figure this out. We'll make it work. Like any kid and any adult, there are days we hate it. There are days that they hate it right now we're all having honestly a really hard time from a social standpoint. Right. We miss family. We miss friends. We miss, yeah. You know, of COVID. There's, right. We, we were, I mean, it, it goes both ways because, because of the fact that we are always in an interesting location, we would always have people visiting us and, and those that's that well is dried up as well. So, Generally, you know, when, when we would be here now on a boat, we'd have like four or five people already come in, fly in and sort of say, let's spend a week and hang out and so forth and so on. The expect, excuse me, the expectation is that we would be, we'd be sailing already. So there'd be a lot of, there'd be a big draw to sort of coming to visit us when we're at where we're at right now. And, and that, that, that well is dried up as well. So, you know, you can say whether we'd want to go back or we'd want to stay. It's a question of, you know, who's benefiting more from what and at this point, we just we just miss people. Yeah, <laughs> we we lived in the south of France for a year, so where we are right now, we have a ton of friends that are that are within a one to three hour drive, and we can't see any of them. Oh, so let's let's talk let's talk outside of COVID because that's you know, and everyone I think everyone can relate to this, so we don't really need to ha- kind of hash that over. But you were asking how <laughs> they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
they, because we operate, we didn't operate like this when we initially started because they were little, we decided what happened. Because now that they're older, they get a voice in everything we do and we operate as a democracy, not a dictatorship. They Teenagers need to feel empowered and that they have a voice. I so agree. they feel that with this lifestyle, which has been really beneficial in them enjoying it and liking it and wanting to continue. And Will and I, I mean, we'll be very frank. We love to travel, but the reason we do this is because of them. We started this lifestyle because of them. We wanted them to experience and learn out in the world. We wanted them to value memories over stuff. And we wanted to connect deeper as a family. And all of that is working and they're still happy. And it's funny because when we started, people with older kids said, oh, when they're teenagers, they're probably not going to want to do this. And what are you going to do? You're going to make them keep doing it? And we said, no. I mean, why would we make them? That's going to make our life hell. Mm. Hopefully, we always just kind of like, okay, hopefully it works out. Hopefully they like it. But if they don't, we'll have to come up with some compromise. And that's still how we operate today. Like if next week one of them says, I'm done with this, then we have to come up with a compromise. It's interesting yeah. because everything that's going on with the world now with, with sort of opinions and positivity, negativity, and the whole nine yards, I think at the end of the day, we've almost been, and I hate to think that we had a master plan for this, but, but we didn't. But, <laughs> but we, we've almost been grooming our kids for this moment. Because, for COVID? No, 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 no. Oh. Because, because they now have the uh, the ability to judge different races, national national identities, cultures, religions, based on actual experiences, as opposed to what you know other people are telling them, media are telling them, so forth and so on. And and so when if there's a news article that comes across, and we you know we sometimes sit around and just chat about sort of what they're saying and what the implications are, they'll, they'll come back to us and say, but that's not how they really are. And, and it, right. it's we really were there enlightening. For three months, they, right. people didn't behave like that. Right. And and so. You know, we find that, you know, the, the, the unintended benefits of travel has been just enlightenment that you, you learn through your own experiences as opposed through what someone else is feeding you. And, and that's, that's invaluable. Yeah, I love it. And, and yeah, you get that travel wisdom, right? I would assume because you gain all these other cultures, you visit in all these other countries. So you when you get to meet the people face to face. And I think for kids, especially as they, as, they, as they grow up, that's excellent. I think that's great. I think everybody should travel when they're young. I've traveled yeah. a little bit. I, I don't consider myself a traveler. I mean, I've, I've left, you know, I left Europe um, to Australia and then pretty much just got stuck here. But I do have friends who never traveled anywhere. So they're I guess their uh, their understanding of the world is I guess different. So I, th I think it's great for everybody, and when you're young, so kudos to you guys uh, for taking your, <laughs> taking your kids around, and and it's great to hear that they're enjoying it. I also like the responsibility factor there. You've got those sort of roundtable discussions once a month. That is great. I, I really like that. Sounds very responsible too. So so that's good. Now let's 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 put COVID aside now because we know that's you know we've heard all too much of it. So let's go aside of that. So. Let's write back six years ago. You decided to, to do this as a was as a trip. Initially, it was a trip, wasn't it? Well, that's what we yeah, told yes people. And no. <laughs> <laughs> we told everyone that thought we were crazy that we were just going to do it as a one year adventure and see how it goes. And you know, it was pretty much a big science experiment for us too. We didn't know if we'd like it or not. But in our head, in between the two of us, we prepared that this was a forever thing. We sold almost all of our stuff. We figured out medical insurance. We found, we looked into doctors where we were going. We really kind of made the cut, like the break in our head, but didn't tell everyone that we were planning to make this as a lifestyle choice because we really didn't know how it would work out. And 
And at that point in our life, we didn't really want to come back with like our tail between our legs going, everyone, the naysayers saying, well, see, I told you it wouldn't work out forever. And look, you're back. Now we don't care about that. Yeah. Uh, we, re- we get naysayers and we just blow it off because we know it sounds, I mean, to not to sound too new age, you know, we know we're on the right path for ourselves and we know it's our authentic path and we're all thriving. But back then we were, we were different people, you know, and we didn't know about this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So it started off just, you know, as we're going forever in our head, but only telling people one year. Yeah. Okay. And did you say that to your kids as well? Like, Hey guys, we're going for a trip or we're we going away for a That long- wasn't <laughs> even part of the equation because we've been planting the seed <laughs> in their heads since they were about four or five years old that eventually we will go off and live in different lands. Right. We've had, we've had, we've had the, the inspiration to, to start traveling full-time or at least outside the U.S. full-time in terms of living in different locations since our youngest was, was well, since she was pregnant with our youngest. We, we, had, we wanted to always do like an expat or succumbent package with, with whatever corporation I was at. And for one reason or another, it never sort of materialized, you know, just budget or the economy or whatever the case may be. And as much as we continue to chase the idea of it, and we got sort of always said no because of whatever reason, we always knew that we were going to do it no matter what. And we never we never gave up the hope on it. And so we continue to tell the kids, we're going to do this one day. We're going to do this one day. We're going to do this one day. And so-, so For we, like seven years. Yeah. And then eventually we took matters into our own hands because we were tired of waiting. And we just started to, to make it happen. And so we are, I always say, we are definitely not one of those kind of overnight success stories or overnight spontaneity that turned into, you know, on our seventh year of travel. It, we were, there was a long path there. There were points where we said, I guess it's not going to happen. So let's compromise and go do this for a summer. Mm-hmm. And until we took, took it into our own hands and said, listen, this safe expat package sounds really nice. And this other way of going on our own and figuring it out sounds really scary and even sounds a bit irresponsible. You know, we're giving up these careers, we have children, but what the heck? I mean, why not? Are we going to, at 80, are we going to wish we did this? And so that's kind of how it manifested. So we did not decide one day, sell all of our stuff and be on the road six months later. It was absolutely not that. And it's the same thing with the boat. We started looking at boats at boat shows when we were still living in Boston a decade ago. Mm. Uh, so all everything, although Will and I are very spontaneous people, and if you pulled up to our boat today and said, let's go do an Arctic plunge or whatever, we'd be like, okay, we're at, <laughs> even though we're not in the Arctic, but you know what I'm yeah, saying? We would I say, okay, let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to anything that involves our, our careers, our children's, well, our, their well-being and being responsible or what people consider responsible, we always kind of take the time. We do the research. We get the education before we really kind of jump in full force. And, and and you two personally, have you guys always been into travel, like even before this whole idea? Have you always been like interested in travel or is that time in the, your life where like you started to look at this as a, as a thing? We've always, we've always, we've always valued travel more than anything else. Yeah. I think, I think if you were to ask me, I think you valued it at all costs. I, I valued it within a reason because <laughs> <laughs> it's so, oh my God. I don't think, I don't think I've ever heard you say it like that before, 
but that is a perfect statement. It's perfect. I value it at all costs. I will sleep on a dirt floor if I can get there. Whereas Will's like, well, okay, let's talk about the price to get there. And even though there's no rent on this dirt floor, the flight is double what it would be last year, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I love that. So one. we balance each other out really well. Yeah, I was going to say, sure you're a perfect match. That's, that works, yeah. <laughs> right. I think... For me, I grew up in a small town in the northern part, northeast of the U.S. in Maine. And I went to Florida twice and Mexico twice as a child. And that's it. We were not a traveling family. And I, my parents really encouraged me to do a study abroad program when I was in university, which was which really changed the path of my entire life. It took me a while to get where we are right now, but it opened my mind beyond it just it just I can't even put words into it it opened my mind and just blew my mind and then I spent two summers working in New York City as an intern in college and that blew my mind too and I knew at that point when I left my study abroad program in England and went back to the US back to university I was so depressed I was like that's it I'm going back there I'm going out and travel this is going to be my life and then as life happens, and this is what I love about the 20 and 30 somethings now, they don't follow the status quo. They kind of find their way. And I know technology has given them the ability to do that, but I love that about them. I absolutely love it. I went back. I did, you know, the, I did the American dream. I eventually met Will. We bought a house. We bought another house. We bought a bigger house. We had some kids. We climbed the corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. So along the way, we were always into, I guess, rather than call it travel, I like to call it like heavy vacationing. Um, yeah. because it's really hard to get the type of travel that we enjoy now in a one or two week vacation. You just need rest at that point. And we like to kind of immerse deeper into the cultures and really feel and live like a local. But it was always, it was always there for us. We just loved it. We had this, we just felt so alive when we were eating local food and hearing languages that we didn't, that we didn't understand. And we were, we love being out of our comfort zone. But the thing is this though, you don't really realize as a I guess, quote unquote, vacationer, how deep you can get into a local culture. I mean, some people say either I'm going to go ahead and like volunteer in a place and it's not going to be a vacation, it's going to be work and, and I'm not going to feel rested or I'm going to go ahead and sort of hang out in, in a place in, in the Dominican Republic and, you know, drinking all you can drink drinks and so forth and so on. There, there is a middle ground that we didn't know existed. You just had to sort of dig for it. And, yeah. and, you know, Maybe our life would be different now if we actually thought that we can get both. But I'm so grateful that, you know, that we only sort of did the, the you know, the resorts and so forth and so on, because it left, it left us wanting for more. Mm, mm, absolutely. I love it. Now, how does your day-to-day -day look like now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right. So... Every time Will and I change the style of travel that we're doing, there's a big transition period for us. And I don't know, it's, we have a lot of clients that we've, we've coached on all of this kind of living this lifestyle and the logistics, and not all of them have a tough transition. We have benefited, I guess, from always having a tough transition. So when we moved to Costa Rica, it took us about five months to adjust. When we changed that style of traveling, living in a country six to nine months, we got into an RV and then we had another transition, finding that new normal and mm -hmm. our new family dynamic and learning a lot. We're in the middle of a transition again in the boat. So okay. most days are pretty, I don't want to say chaos. It's just everything breaks in a boat. Yeah. So there's a lot that's breaking that we don't know how to fix. So we that takes time to learn it. We're finding our 
we have teenagers who are manage their own curriculum and their own schooling. So what? we don't really yeah, they well they have classes and then they know when they need to go to classes, they know when their work is due. So there's not we're not standing here with a like a blackboard lecturing about math or anything like that. Hey, so, hang on, but are they, are they actually subscribed to some school that they're getting all this from or did you say are they actually creating their own curriculum? No, so they It's a they, hybrid. It's a hybrid. Our daughter so our daughter has a business that she does two days a week. She um teaches in French and math and then she has an online book club that people become members of and they pay her money. So she has her business, she manages two days a week and then she does school um, three days a week, sometimes four. She's in 11th grade, US 11th grade, which is the most challenging year at school. We've aligned them with classes or tutors that meet their curriculum that they need to go to university and then they manage it from there. Ah, okay. So, so I, don't, the- I don't, go yeah, ahead, sorry. Uh- uh, no, that's right. So, so it actually meets the standards for from a youth educational system perspective that they meet to be able to go to uni. That's cool. Exactly. And so we don't say, oh my gosh, you have Spanish at nine o'clock. You know, they have a calendar and they manage it. Mm-hmm. So that aspect of our life is not too chaotic or crazy or anything on the uh, on the boat, but they are teenagers and they do have thoughts and emotions. So there's that kind of, and they do sometimes need help with their math and stuff. So there's that aspect of it. Then there's aspect of our business. And then there's the aspect of boat life and learning how, what you can't put in a toilet here and how to fix it and all that stuff. So if you're asking what a day looks like for us, there's no consistency. Like we could wake up thinking, okay, today we're going to meet Will and I for two hours and then we're going to talk about this, the new website we're designing for our business. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden a toilet breaks (laughs) and we're like, okay. (laughs) And and this is, this is part of the reason why we are, we're very anxious to get our sailing lessons under under our belt and get sailing <laughs> because because of the fact that we're sort of tied down at this point and we do have access to you know if we needed to schedule you know routine doctor's appointments or dentist cleaning or whatever the case may be we can do it and it's it's accessible but it's just since we don't have a car you know everything's logistically challenging and we we get you know it becomes everything becomes Extra, not ex- extraordinarily more complicated just to do routine events because of the fact that we're, we're our only mode of transportation on land is a bicycle. Mm-hmm. So we're really selling it. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, you, 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 I mean, unless we're like, you know, the, the, the super wealthy that we have a mega yacht with, with a helicopter and a, and a, you know, and a motorcycle on board, you know, <laughs> there's no way we can actually do this well. So, you know, we have to make compromises and most of the compromises is our time. So as much as it's very exciting to say, oh, they're full-time traveling, it must be wonderful, and it is, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that people don't see, which is sort of the logistics of making this life work is almost a full-time job in itself. Mm. So from what I also get is I get the vibe that you're both adventurous in, you know, <laughs> it's in your blood, right? So yeah. it makes perfect sense to be where you're at as opposed to, like I said, having a fancy yacht and, and having... You know, having your you know your staff, your cooks, and everything that kind of takes away from all the adventure. Anyway, that would be nice so. if we had the budget. That'd be nice for a month. <laughs> for a month, but I, I don't. I don't think you guys would enjoy it for as a, as a lifestyle, would you? No, I don't. Well, look, Will smiling. <laughs> I guess Will might. No, I think we just we, we would just up the ante. I think yeah, we probably would. We'd up the ante. We're like, okay, maybe it's time to go live on that airplane or live on another planet. You know, we really do like the adventure during these transitions periods. It is a bit of a struggle because we do get tired. 
However, for us, history is proven. We will get there and we know we will get there. And what's on the other side of that struggle is incredibly amazing and worth it and fruitful. So it, the, you, I, I just don't believe awesome things happen and these big dreams are accomplished by a cute little path down this you know, gold-plated path with flowers on the side and you just arrive there all rested and happy and everything just went smooth. Like if you want to live these kind of extreme, what most people consider extreme lifestyles, you've got to be willing to put in the time. And as Will and I sometimes tell our clients, we always tell them and they don't like this, but it freaks them out. You have to be willing to suffer a little. You know, you have to be willing to go through those tough times to get what's at the end. And if it was that easy to get to that point, then everyone would do it. You know, Absolutely. a lot of people fantasize about having certain lifestyles, whatever it is, a homestead, you know, homeschooling, travel, whatever it may be. And th- once you get into it, you realize how much work it is. And that, that at that point, that separates the people who really, really want it and the ones who might want it but aren't willing to put in kind of the suffering that goes along with it, you know, yeah. and we believe that anyone can do what we're doing. You just um, have to be willing to be comfortable being uncomfortable, which... Yeah. You know, routine is a big thing. And so, you know, as long as you're willing to shed yourself of your routine, which makes you sort of warm and fuzzy inside because you know what's going to happen tomorrow, <laughs> then, you know, then, then may, you know, then this is possible because it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, a lot is stripped from you as a person when you, when you, when you get rid of your, your routine, because those things that you've come to hide, those things that are deep down inside, you know, by going to the office every day and by going to, you know, the same gym sort of, once you start to realizing that you can be vulnerable by, by sort of making yourself uh, question whether something is right in life, you know, that's when you start to realize who you pro- possibly really are. We're getting really philosophical. No, well, that's <laughs> actually, that brings an interesting, interesting uh, topic because you're right. I mean, we are creatures of habit. There's a reason why we like to have food in our fridge and roof over our um, our head. I think that it referred to the monkey brain or, or the survival mode. Like you know, we we like to be in in this. We like to be safe, and and, yeah. and and everything around us comfortable and yeah, and just be safe, right, away from danger. So, and that goes hand in hand with a regular routine and, and things that people can expect. They know what's going to happen. So in that sense, I can I can relate and I can understand how a lot of people would relate to that. But then also. A lot of amazing experiences and, and stories that'll happen when we do get outside of our comfort zone or when we do get to a new environment. Like when we go on holidays, that's when a lot of different things happen in your life as opposed to your day-to-day just doing the same thing. There's not that much that's happening, right? So, you know, I, I, actually, you know, it's to me, that's interesting. Even you say, you know, we have a meeting for two hours and our toilet breaks and we have to fix it. To me, I actually, I like that idea because sometimes in contrary to what I just said, you know, it's good to have a routine, but it's also it, it also gets to a point where you get mad because there's too much repetitiveness. So I think it's great when these things happen to you in a day when suddenly you're doing something different that you haven't done in a while because it just breaks up your day and it just makes you feel a bit more alive. I guess, I mean, if it means you have to clean a toilet, it makes you feel <laughs> as an example, but you know, you get my, you get my point, right? Yeah. And I, 
Now, I think I definitely have to caveat that by saying Will and I are just like anyone else. There are certain routine items that we like to. We're not like these kind of crazy people are like like completely different from everyone else in the world. We do have those, you know, like if Will doesn't get his coffee in the morning, he gets a little cranky. And I'm like, have you had your coffee yet? He's like, no, I've been fixing the toilet. I'm like, let's get your coffee. So, you know, we have those things like I like to shower in the morning and we just have to, I guess at the end of the day, we have to be really really flexible because things just happen with the lifestyle that we live. And often Will will say to me, okay, Jess, you need to pause. You're getting all tangled up in everything that's going on. I know this wasn't your plan for the day. I know you had six things on your list. I know you have to deal with this now. Just just take a moment, pause, and kind of reorg yourself because we like routines too. I mean, we may not need to have the same exact routine every day, but there are certain things within our day that are kind of our routine. One of the kind of weird routines that we have right now is if, we're, if we need to talk or we need a moment in this space, I'm, Will's like, do you want to take out the trash? And I'm like, yes, let's take out the trash. So we're like taking out the trash five or six times a day, sometimes the trash, on the boat. Yeah, the trash receptacle is like about five miles away. And sometimes we're just taking out like a juice bottle, like, oh, this needs to go to the trash. We need to get it to the trash because him and I need to talk or we recognize that someone at one of us needs to kind of regroup and refocus or that maybe we're being a little stressed or maybe we're snapping at the kids or something like that. So like anyone else, we deal with all the same things that people that are living a stationary life deal with. And I don't, I don't, and I'm not going to say, I don't think that we're better at it or that we're, we're, we're unique. It's that we've learned how to manage these things for so, because we've been traveling for so long. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we don't learn to manage them, we're going to fall apart. And if we fall apart, the kids fall apart, the family falls apart, and then this doesn't work. Does that now, make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And what I'm also interested in as a, as a, as a, family i mean for for people in one space is there such a thing as a submarine disease you know like a being like fed, fed not fed up but like you guys see see yourself every day is do you ever get to a point like oh, i'm seeing you guys too much i need to leave or i need to take out some me time there's um, a lot of trash this <laughs> that's a lot. We, 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 make, we make a lot of trash and it has to go out like every hour <laughs> you know what we were okay. And I don't want to circle back to COVID. We were okay until COVID Mm -hmm. because the kids, because they're teenagers, they have freedom to go on their bike and they were taking swimming lessons and they were, or someone's taking sailing lessons and they would go places on their own and go to the movie theater or hop on the train. Now all of that is restricted. So it's kind of hard. Like even if we were four best friend adults in here and everyone was pulling their weight and we weren't saying, Hey, it's time to do your chores. It would still be a struggle. But mm-hmm. outside of COVID, we don't get like that very often because there's, you, we rec- we've learned to recognize each other's emotions. And when someone's having a struggle or whatever, and someone will either sit and talk with them or someone will remove, if the person recognizes that they're the problem, that they're, they're kind of maybe having some bad energy in the boat, they'll go for a walk or something and circle back. Living this lifestyle, and after living in an RV for two and a half years, we have had to sit and understand each other's emotions and be really cognizant of that and respectful. So if it's getting, you know, I don't want to be TMI, but if it's getting around that time of the month and Avalon and I are a little cranky, we have to recognize that. The guys have to recognize that. And we, you know, we kind of have to we have to work within that that realm as opposed to if we had a nice big house in a stationary setting, it's easy to kind of separate and go our own ways. But so, let, mm-hmm. Let's put it this way, though, because like Jessica said before, when we decided to start on this journey of ours, the, the key was 
one of the one of the pillars was to keep it sustainable. And so, all that being said, you know, we had to we have to work. We have to sort of do you know what we do, which is our business of world towning. the The idea is that you know when we said that managing our life is a sometimes full-time job. You know, it, it's when managing the logistics of our life becomes a full-time job is when the business side of our life and the parenting side of our life becomes less than a full-time job, which, you know, you have to have a healthy balance to mm-hmm. make this whole thing work or, or else you just, you just want to clone yourself and then maybe, maybe <laughs> it all get done. But, but all that being said, you know, we try and do our best because you know, at the end of the day, our kids are kids and we don't want them to sort of feel the stress that we're having like any adult would have in trying to maintain and trying to provide so forth and so on. So, you know, when we say like we need to sort of take a walk, it's because we need to sort of maybe vent about things that, you know, that should not stress them out at this age because yeah. this yeah, is right, not yeah. part of who take they are. Take it outside and have that, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So, so we do our best to recognize that. So when we say we recognize each other's emotions, we do it within, you know, reason to the fact that you know it is relevant to who they are in in their development stage of you know of their life so you know it everything within a, a grain of 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 just understanding of where it falls into the context of where they are and 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 i think if anything something we've done throughout the last 6 years is that we've we've been able to to identify what those categories are and what those buckets are and you know what belongs where and 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 I think you know eventually we do go ahead and bring the kids into it once we've managed through the issue we we share yeah. with them okay this is what actually happened this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to manage through it and then at least then they can appreciate the work that goes involved with it so that when if this ever occurs to them they know the emotions that are occurring and they they're not blindsided yeah. by something that may happen that may not sort of make them feel 100% comfortable we're just sort of managing the first wave of it on our own. But, you yeah, know, in you terms know. of managing emotions, yeah. that, that's sort of how we go about it. And we have a really good therapist online. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do. So, now, Will, Jess, we've talked a lot about your lifestyle. And I think, you know, that was, provides a lot of insights, what people can expect. But I think a lot of listeners, including me as a, as a, as a podcaster here, we're all curious. We want to know, how do you make it happen? So, obviously, money are, <laughs> money don't grow on trees. And I assume money don't. You don't find them in the boats. How do you how do you finance your lifestyle? How do you finance your life? We started yeah. off. You can talk to, about from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it started off really easy. Um, we have a money well, tree. When we when we I mean really easy is is sort of you know whatever. In, in retrospect, it started off really easy. So when we left, we remember we were trying to go ahead and do the expat package, and and that never came through. So we eventually said, okay. If we don't make this happen on our own, it's never going to happen, period. So we decided to, you know, we quit our job. I quit my job. She was a freelance graphic designer, so she kept on her clients. And and we moved to Costa Rica. For the first three or three months, essentially, I spent every day trying to sort of <laughs> get over the adjustment period that we spoke about before. And this was like a massive one. But eventually, I did find... A new employer, new employer who sort of would would sort of say you can be anywhere you want to be in this in this case Costa Rica and you can be an accountant, and, and you know do what you do because now we've learned in COVID times that it doesn't matter where you sit as long as you sort of can, can manage your, your workload that's okay. Mm-hmm. Back then there were very few people that were actually willing to give your to give give the opportunities out there, but. Eventually, I did find someone, and then after that, my old employer came back to me and said, "Listen, we have projects going on. Um, we can really use your expertise, even though we didn't want to do the expat package. 
do you mind sort of jumping in and sort of consulting with us and and we can move forward that way and so things were very good economically for us i was making a a decent u.s salary even though we were living in in central american and south american countries we moved to ecuador for a year so our finances were actually very comfortable we were comfortable right so Mm -hmm. we had no complaints we eventually moved to france because we wanted to give our kids a different opportunity in terms of exercising their ability to speak french and and sort of my my employment continued on consulting that way eventually the the company had a reorg and they said they wanted to bring all the consultants in house and we said you know well what do we want more? Do we want to continue this lifestyle or do we want to continue? And this would have been, if I would have gone back in-house, it would have been in the London office. So I still would have had sort of this, this sort of non-US lifestyle, but it would have been a city life. It would have been sort of non, something that we've been building for a long time now. And, and also just to interrupt for a minute, it also would have changed our lifestyle completely. Him and I were both working from home at time. We were, we were working long hours, but by our own by our own standards. So the kids would come home from school, we'd help them with homework, we'd have dinner as a family, and then him and I would go back to work after they went to bed. Mm-hmm. So we were going to lose any flexibility that we had if we went into the London office. We were going to go back to kind of a rat race lifestyle. Yeah, a regular and, nine to five type of thing. And it would just pull you back it, in, wouldn't it? It would have been very stable and very secure. And we talked about it for literally we said, well, let's go have a coffee at the coffee shop. We'll talk about whether this is a good idea or not. And we didn't even make it to the coffee shop before we were like, no way. But let's put it this way, though. We were, I mean, if we would have said yes, we still would have been ultra thankful for the three years that we have done yeah. this this lifestyle. Mm, because, yes. you know, so many people just dream of doing it for, for you know, six months. You know, for us, we, we were able to sort of pull it off for three years. And so we would have still said mission accomplished, but we knew that we could do more. This is one of those situations where our kids are a little bit older. And after Will and I said, we really don't want this, but we said, you know, we have to talk to the kids about this. We get to make the end decision, but we need to talk to them. And again, it was a one minute conversation. They're like, daddy would go back into an office. He would start traveling again. He would work long hours. He would have employees underneath him. Do we really want this? And in the meantime, I was starting World Towning from just from a consulting, just the consulting aspect of the business, where we were going to consult as the, all the logistics surround full time travel for people that want to go for six months or a year, or maybe forever. The schooling, the visa, the medical, and we helped. We're going to help be helping people through kind of that process on a consulting okay. coaching, and we still do that to this day. But obviously, it's paused because of COVID. And so we'll decided and we decided together that we would do this business together rather than kind of me doing 80% and him filling in around his accounting work. And that is where we took the next step. Now, it was definitely a huge decrease in our income, but it was a huge, I mean, we went from a comfortable income to zero overnight, but it was also some work work that we were very, very passionate about and that we loved. And we could see ourselves doing for a very long time in the future. So we started World Towning. We started the consulting aspect of it. Then we added the group trips in, in as well, I think a year into it. And we were finally starting to see some profit from all of our hours and years of hard work. And then COVID hit. So that kind of leads us to, okay, where are we right now? People are listening going, well, how do they make money? Will, Will and I were in our 30s, 30s, 30s. Where are you going with this? Real estate. Oh, yeah. 
we invested in real estate. We mm-hmm. lived very simple and did some investments that proved to be very good for us at this point in our life where our business isn't, isn't obviously making any money because it's a travel-based business. So we have tightened the belt, tightened the belt. So we're at current day now. We've tightened the belt and we're living very, very simple and we're living off. We don't make a lot of money off the real estate. It's not enough to support us, but between that and living simple and money that we have in savings, we're able to support ourselves still through COVID times. And we're working just as hard because we're building a whole new set of trips that we're going to launch in tw- for 2022. And we're hoping the consulting comes back as well. But right now people just, they're not thinking about going to live in another country, right? They're thinking about staying safe and their income and all that stuff, which is really, really important. Plus, so, plus the YouTube side of what we do. I was so, going to ask the YouTube about side. YouTube, yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah, that's so, really growing now. And that is, that is, there is, if you want, for us, sort of, we've always been very involved in documenting our life because, I don't know, we're just, we just like to sort of have memories more than anything else. It's funny because when we, when we, when we started our first trip, meaning like our first travel with our family back in 2013, when we went to France for six months or for three months, yeah. when we came back, we, we bought a GoPro just thinking, okay, this is going to be fun. It was on sale. And what can this do? And we were sort of super amazed about how, how well it sort of shot. And this was back, you know, at this point, seven years ago. So GoPro was very state of the art and very few people had like a, a 4k camera sort of that can fit in the form that palm of their hand. Now you look at the footage, you go, oh. And now look at the footage going, gosh, <laughs> this is awful. But but nevertheless, it opened up the opportunity to say, you know, we could learn how to edit because this is kind of cool. I mean, I always thought that was something for the gifted and for those who spent hours and months and years sort of learning a trade of how to sort of video edit. And mm. I realized it was just a matter of, you know, cut and paste. I mean, honestly, how easy is that? So we, we started sort of documenting our life and we... I grew a passion for it because myself being an accountant, I needed a creative outlet that is beyond Excel and, you know, beyond spreadsheets. So I basically started to, to enjoy sort of making these stories of our life. Eventually, these stories became something that we wanted to share on a bigger platform. And that's where YouTube came in. And now it takes up, you know, a good chunk of my time. You know, editing, yeah. editing a story for us is is part of the way that we share this life of ours. And now YouTube has become, you know, by, by proxy, our biggest marketing for, for, for our these trips that we do, because yeah, it's true. not necessarily that we're, we're selling our trips going, Oh, come with us. But yeah, but they see sort of the, the, the intentionality that we, we go through in this life and they say, you know, Oh, I want to learn more about them. And they realize, Oh, wait, they also, they also do trips. You know, can we also travel in the same way that they do? And, and, you know, it, it just naturally gravitates to those people who want to have a more intentional type of vacation experience. And integrating with locals. Right. And it's interesting because like Will said, it just started as documenting our life really for the kids and for us to have. And now it's evolved into more and and most like 95% of the people that have come on our group trips have found us through the YouTube channel. They've just Googled travel or, or something like that and they see us and then they happen to see that we offer trips and like Will said, they, they like the way we travel and they want to travel with us. So YouTube, the amount of time that Will spends on YouTube definitely does not equate to the small amount of income that we get from it and we definitely, it is, it is a part of our income. You know, we have a, income from all kinds, of, like many different buckets. I wish it was more considering how much time he puts into it 
but we have seen it growing, <clears throat> growing more, I think now, cause we're on the sailboat. And I think just people are finding us more and, and, and recognizing the way we travel and are interested in kind of traveling that way and taking it the next step, especially I think during COVID times, people are like, wow, I now I, I better get out there and travel, you know, cause now, you don't know when it's going to be closed again. So I think people are making more intentional choices about their life and will and are thinking about that right now during these times and how they're going to put that into to action in the future. Absolutely. It makes you realize even more how much, you know, life is precious when when right. things like COVID happens. Now you realize, oh, this actually can happen that I can actually kind of travel. And if you're somebody who doesn't have that much more time, it really makes you appreciate every every day that you have. So, I mean, this is exciting to me. I would I would definitely love to, to, to try this. How does your packages look like? People travel with you? Do you offer those or do you, or is it guiding people to, to do what you do? So what we do is we we will only offer a trip in a country that we've spent at least three months in mm -hmm. because we don't kind of Google, oh, what can you do in this country? Let's make a trip. We only work with people that we've we've had a we had a couple people that, that were new new vendors that we worked with, like a restaurant or something, because you need you need to eat out a lot. But we work with people that we've met while traveling. Some have businesses, some have not had businesses. And we've said, you know what, you invited us to a meal at your mom's house and we really enjoyed it. Would your mom consider cooking for 16 people? She gives us a price. We pay her. We come, we sit in your living room and we have a real authentic meal oh, in a wow, Moroccan home in the high Atlas mountains. So our trips, they also have a volunteer component. You don't have to be part of it, but there is one day on the trip that you can volunteer. We donate a portion of our proceeds to an organization within the country that we're in. Our trips are very, like we outline all the details of kind of who should come and who should not. Mm -hmm. They're very equality-based. We have we have people as young as 32, I think was our youngest. Well, if you want to count the kids, there were a couple of kids on the trip as well, up to 70. And they all are, come from all walks of life, but they all seem to have this, this, this one mission in the way they travel, which is how we travel, which is really integrating locally and really getting deep into the culture. So we're not going to take you to a hard rock cafe. We're not going to stay at a Hilton. We're going to stay at what, you know, in, for example, in Morocco, we'll stay at a Riyadh. We'll stay at a traditional home for a couple of days. We'll stay at, we'll stay in a tent in the desert and ride camels for a day. So we really try to take it incredibly deep. We won't go to Morocco and eat Italian every night, right? Yeah, We're going to no, eat the local food. We do throw in an Italian meal here and there. And mm. on the end of the trip, there was a Starbucks and we said, who needs a Starbucks? You know, everyone was like, oh my gosh, we haven't had Starbucks in 10 days and so and so the so, issue now is is as we're planning for 2021 maybe 2022 depending on sort of how life unfolds itself you know are all the covid restrictions yeah and so we're, we're, we're making sure that you know everyone that we're planning on continuing on with in the future that they are properly sort of taking care of the risks that are out there yeah. which you know for the most part yeah. i think everyone's on board with we're just making sure that when we get closer in that sort of everything is still up to par and i think since we're talking about finances, I think this is really interesting to, interesting to mention because everyone does want to know how do people make money. And clearly, we've, we, we are very honest about that. The takeaway from this is we went from a very, very comfortable income or comfortable enough for us when we started traveling to, to zero, 
to income coming back to zero again. And we've been able to sustain this the whole way because of like we, the, the things we said, being frugal, previous investments, working really hard to grow our YouTube channel while we can't travel, kind of all those elements. But at the end of all this, Will and I are able to get up every month, every day and put in long hours, not knowing what the outcome is going to be during COVID times because we love what we do. And I think that is really really incredibly important if in any lifestyle and anything you're going to do in life. We have found, it sounds so weird, but we have found our path. We love travel. We love exposing people to travel. We truly believe that travel can change everything. And maybe right underneath that would be books and reading. But we believe travel is so powerful and opens so many minds. And if everyone could get out there and travel, we could really change the world. And this is this is something we're so incredibly passionate about. At the end of the day, we have to pay our bills. You know, we have to save for retirement and all that kind of stuff like everyone else. But we've learned how to live on less so that we can continue on this path and continue on our business and continue living this lifestyle. And I think, you know, this is the success inspired podcast. And I think that it's really important to mention that because many people listening to this maybe at a point in their life where they're like, wow, you know, I'm making a lot of money, but I'm tired of going to this office and I don't like what I do, but how can I do this? How can I possibly give up the six-figure income and go travel the world? And I think a really important thing to take away from this is we spend far less living how we're living now than we ever did in a stationary life. You know, it clearly depends on where you live and what you're willing to compromise. And we've made some some compromises. Like I said, we've slept in a, in a surf hostel in one room with a bunch of 20-something boys running around in the surf hostel, you know. It's not my ideal, they're really lovely, but it's not my ideal setting of how I want to live necessarily for a month or two or whatever. But it gave us the ability to get scuba certified for the kids to take surfing lessons. So a lot of you know, we made these compromises. So if someone is listening to this saying, but I can't possibly, how can I make my lifestyle is 10,000 a month? How can I actually, I've got to have to make more than that on the road. It's not like that. It really is not like that. And you were given a finite amount of time kind of on this planet to do the things we want. It's really important to do work and live a lifestyle that you're really passionate about. Cheers. Thank you guys so much. I was going to, you know, I, I like to do uh, takeaway points, you know, just to add in, but you've kind of did everything. <laughs> and I was going to ask you for a final, for a final advice and you've done that too. So I feel like, I feel, I feel like we could actually end here because. <laughs> Do you have any final advice, Will? Will is so much more profound than me. I just talk a lot, but he has so much more to say I, than I, I do. I, I, listen, at, at the end of the day, you know, you said it earlier is that, you know, it's only when you really get into your uncomfortable spots, do you actually have a story to tell? And, and there are, there are so many opportunities to have stories to tell if you get, you know, into travel, you know, there, like, like you said, you know, about being in, in the surf hostel, we will have that story to tell forever. We, we will. And, and you know, and that's, that's sort of what, what, what all is said and done. You know, maybe at the moment, you're not sort of, you're wishing things were a little bit more comfortable. But afterwards, you have this amazing story to tell for the rest of your life. And that is what we think is, is part of what makes this journey amazing, is that we're constantly coming up with amazing stories to tell and, and, and doing it sustainably, which is, which is amazing. And that's what you guys sell. You sell the experience. You sell the, the memory. That's priceless. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's the only thing you're taking with you, right? Mm. 100%. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah. it doesn't matter how much money you've got on your account. It's about how rich you lift your life. 100%. And I would say, 
on a daily basis, there's something we're laughing about with the kids, something happens and it triggers something. And we're like, oh my gosh, remember that guy in Norway who we thought was going to kill us? He was screaming at us. You know, there's always something or we'll be eating something and Avalon will be like, oh, this tastes like the tagine from Morocco. And it's not even a tagine, it's just boiled pasta. But, you know, so there's 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 so many of those that 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 come across our life and and it's it's it ma- it makes it all worth it. It makes all you know when you ask us about our typical day, like the chaos, you know, it makes all of that worth it because we know there's there's that 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 thing at the end that that you can just go, okay, this was this was so worth it. Up hundred percent. Now I was going to ask you about you know some of those experiences and but I guess you know I, I do like to keep the episodes to an hour so. <laughs> I assume you have all that on your on your YouTube channel for people to go and pretty uh, share we do. those experiences. And then some, yes, yeah. <laughs> we do, including yeah, countries I mean, and, you've been to. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so and right now we're we're you know as we're ready to embark or hopefully soon ready to embark on our sailing adventure, you know the the it's going to be a whole new world. I mean, we find ourselves best in terms of explaining ourselves and exploring and being storytellers as far as, you know, what we're sharing online when things are totally foreign to us. Yeah. And, and what, what we're, what we're currently on right now is a thousand percent foreign to us. And so what's coming out now is for me, I like to think some of our best, best stuff we ever come out with because, you know, I, when, when you've done something that's routine, you know, it's not that amazing to you. So, you know, you don't sort of wow about it. But for now, everything that we're doing now, we're, 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 we're so in, in this wow mode. And, and it's, all I have to say is that I cannot wait for the next six months to come about because we're going to become such different people. Yeah. And I think it's going to be fun for anyone who's coming along with us because they're going to be having these feelings and these experiences that we're having for the first time authentically. They're going to be having them with us. That's one of the things I personally really love. And Will Will does too. We've talked about this a lot about running our group trips is that like, for example, Morocco, we've spent a lot of time there at this point. It still wows us and we still love it and we keep going back because we love it. But to, to be in Morocco with 16 people who've never been there and one person who's never even left the United States and watch their eyes light up and watch them experience something for the first time, whether it's getting henna, whether it's meeting kids in the village, whether it's volunteering, whether it's trying their first tagine or watching someone else in our group chip eat a pig eye, you know, it, it's amazing just watching. It's like watching kids experience something for the first time. It's amazing. And that's, that's what I feel like learning to sail is going to be. And then taking everyone along with us on the vlog. So they get to experience with it with us for the first time. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's really cool. I'm very excited. I mean, I've got a young family. It's just me, my partner, and we just got a little boy. He's three weeks old. But as soon as he's old enough, I think I'm gonna try and sell it to the rest of the rest of the gang, and we're gonna try something, trying something similar, or we'll get in touch with you guys. But this is very exciting what you've shared with with me and with the listeners today. And yeah, I'm gonna. I've, I've checked out a couple of your videos on your YouTube channel, and and it's like you said, it's it's amazing. Your experiences are amazing, and, and also, like you said, it's a great way to to promote your trips because people buy from people who they like, know, and trust. And through the medium of YouTube, you're you're fully authentic. There's, you know, I mean, you are editing it, but there's not really like editing anything. It's just you're just showing all the different bits and pieces from your day, and so that's all yeah. authentic. And so, on a on a part and words for you guys listening, if you if you 
if you are excited as me about you know the idea of traveling and, and, and exploring the world and you want to check out Will and Jessica's channel, definitely go and check out the channel on YouTube. It's called uh, World Towning, just in one one world. And, and there's many, many great videos there. And yeah, I mean, this has been amazing talking to you guys. Thank you so much for having us. And congratulations on the new baby. Yes, yeah, You don't even look tired. Oh, look. <laughs> it's, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah, we get these you know, blocks of hours. He's, he's actually hit the record. He slept for four hours in a row last night, so it was pretty good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're very excited. Every day it's exciting right now. He's growing and he's, you know, it's amazing how kids grow fast. And I mean, he's three weeks, but, you know, the way I remember when he was born and, and now it's three weeks later, he, he starts to look different, you know? So it's, yeah. That's another, that's another episode. But yeah, thanks. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, once again, thank you so much for taking time. You guys, you know, take time. And you, uh, for those of you guys just listening to this, but I'm actually, you know, we're Zooming here and both uh, Will and Jessica, they're sitting in their boat. So it is very authentic experience. I feel like I'm there with them, they're, them in France, me in Australia. Amazing how, how we can do that these days. So once again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your, uh, out of your day, out of your boat life to speak to me, to, to share, your, share your lifestyle and share how you did it all and, and, and what lifestyle it brings to you and how you make it all happen a lot of great insights so i'm going to make sure that all of that is going to be in the show notes for those of you guys listening i do now include a full transcript there is timestamps so you can go straight to the best stuff that you want to listen to there is going to be links for will and jessica's travel business and everything so make sure that you check out all that while the podcast is on all the other platforms you know apple Podcasts, spotify and all that some of these platforms only allow me to put a little bit of information under the episode so make sure that you head over to the successinspiredpodcast.com where you can access the full show notes and you can also subscribe to the newsletter where i'll be sending you that through an email so you don't miss out once again will jessica thank you so much for being on the show today and i wish you all the best and i hope that you get that um clear to go soon so you can do your your training and then continue on your journey thank you thanks